2: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is behind the steel curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you again Thursday morning. Wow, we enter the very long offseason. It seems like it took forever for me to count down to 2022. And next thing you know, the 2022 season is now behind us as Steelers fans. Unfortunately, the Steelers did not qualify for the postseason to play again this weekend. A lot had to happen. Big parlay bet going into the last two weeks. It would have been crazy. I actually bet the parlay the first week and got it. Uh, bet it the second week and, of course, didn't get it because, yeah, the. <laughs> let's just say this. Um The Dolphins didn't suck as bad as the Jets did. That's what happened there. You could talk about the horse collar call and some other things like that, but uh, bottom line is that's what happened there. The Dolphins and the Ravens, they are two teams that, you know, they limp into the playoffs. They don't have their quarterbacks. They are in trouble. The Pittsburgh Steelers would have been a much better team to represent the AFC, but Going to the postseason isn't about how you finish. It's about the entire season. It really is. How you finish usually dictates, let's get this right, usually dictates how a team does in the postseason. Teams that finish the season stronger do better in the postseason, but the reward of getting there is based on your entire season and the Steelers started two and six and that's the difference. So they were playing from behind kind of playing with nothing to lose. And, you know, maybe that, that built to their strength, who knows how this young offense would have responded. If, if they would have had, you know, a couple more games cushion, they would have had even more pressure. I feel that maybe they played loose. I don't know, but we'll never know. We talked about the what-if game on the Scobro Show. I've got a whole what-if article coming out at some time at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It'll be Thursday or Friday, depending on when I when I finish up Vertex with Jeffrey. One will be one day, one will be the other. And it's kind of how no matter what you say, well, if the Steelers would have blah, 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 you can look at what the best possible case scenario is. But a lot of times people ignore what the worst case scenario could be. So woulda, coulda, shoulda. The Steelers are 9 and 8 they don't make the postseason and I'll say it again for those um, that didn't catch it on the Scobro show. Yeah. The Steelers are nine and eight. Yes. That the players were happy that they extended Mike Tomlin's non losing streak uh, to start his, I still have to say to start his coaching career in Pittsburgh because it's been every year, but That's not ultimately important. Mike Tomlin doesn't put a lot of stock in it. I don't put a lot of stock in it. I know people that are frustrated that, you know, the Steelers, hey, it's been six seasons that they haven't won a playoff game. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. You can't deny the numbers. But I also want to point out, uh, if you're complaining that they didn't win a playoff game this year and it's been six years and that's not good enough that they should have won it this year, then I want to know why you didn't bet your house on the Steelers to win a playoff game before the season started. Was this really the year you expected the Steelers to go and win a playoff game after Ben Roethlisberger leaves? I mean, my goodness, even at the bye week, you still should have done it. You know, T.J. Watt misses seven games, things of that nature. Did you really expect the Pittsburgh Steelers to go to the playoffs and win a game this year when they hadn't done it the last five years that those years weren't good enough? But this year, you thought the team would be better to do that? No, I don't know any Steelers fan who thought that this team was going to be better than every Steelers team since 2016. I, I don't know anyone that thinks so. I mean, my goodness, the 2017 team went 13-3. Went and three. Yes, they lost the playoffs. Yeah, that was after the terrible Shazier incident and the defense just wasn't the same. A lot of things happened. And they shouldn't have even been playing that opponent because they should have been the one seed because Jesse James got that ball. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, once again, playing the what if game doesn't matter. What if game doesn't matter. But my point is, is with the expectations of what the Steelers were doing in a rebuilding slash reloading year, to hold it against them that they didn't want a playoff game when that's something they couldn't do in their non rebuilding years. I think is a little bit excessive. And I think that's, I think that's people that have an agenda against Coach Tomlin. No matter what he does, they don't like him and not all, but some. I think it has to do with things that, 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 that are about him that are outside of football, which is a shame, which really is a shame. That's not true for everyone, but I'm sure it's true for some. Um, and I'll just leave it at that because instead I'm going to talk a little bit about this past week's game. And then I'm going to roll into um some of the some of this normal stuff that we talk about. This past week, my goodness, the Steelers once again won the turnover battle. OK, seven sacks on the game that they bookended the season with seven sacks performances. They did it the first week and the last week. And the, the other thing about the number seven, they held the 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 Browns to seven yards of offense in the third quarter. The third quarter is what won this game. And they, they held them to seven yards of offense. Yeah, they had 31 rushing yards, but they had no completed passes and negative 24 passing yards because of three sacks. That's a big deal. The Steelers shut them down in the third quarter. All right. Um, then and, and not only that, they protected Kenny Pickett, gave up one sack, two total quarterback hits. That includes the sack. So two, he was hit twice the whole game. That's pretty good. Um, the Steelers once again held their opponent to under 200 yards passing. It was 173 yards through the air. That meant they did it eight of the last nine games since the bye. That's a pretty big deal. We're going to talk about some of those stuff since the bye and the whole season. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Um, before the bye, every game was over 200 yards through the air. There was, just, there was a difference there. Um, the Steelers got 148 rushing yards okay um so nine out of the final 10 games the steelers rushed for 100 yards but if you look at the first seven games they only rushed for 100 yards twice so that got better as the season went on um the the, the steelers i mean they punted the ball better we'll talk about that later in the second half so I'm not going to go there 46.3 net average 48 gross um you know pretty pretty good punts there um that that finished the season strong once again third down conversion rate. All this stuff was in my um, By the Numbers article there. Um, And and just some really good stuff. The Steelers had their longest offensive touchdown of the season. It was tied for their longest touchdown of the season, which was bookended because, once again, it was the first week of the season, and it was the Minka Fitzpatrick interception return. Um, And here I think this is a big one. The Steelers won by 14 points. That was their biggest margin of victory all season. Only two times – all season did the Steelers win by, by more than one score because technically they, they, they beat Carolina by eight. That's one score because of the two-point conversion factor. Twice the Steelers won by two scores. And it's my brother. Big bros go. The two games he went to, boom, the Steelers won by multiple scores. That was New Orleans, which I was there as well. And then it was Cleveland. I was supposed to go to this game. I, I, I allowed my brother-in-law to go in my place because he couldn't go to his other game because of some family tragedy stuff going on. Um, then he ended up not being able to go when I and either. So it, it, it was almost to me. I should have been there for it, but I wasn't. And Oh, well. The Steelers also, by holding the Browns to 14 points, they, they, seven straight games to finish the year of holding their opponents to 17 points or less. They did not give up more than 17 points. After the Bengals game, the second Bengals game, the Steelers did not surrender more than 17 points in the game. Now you could say, well, well what look of their, but you know what? It, it's who they were playing. It's, it's who they were. Just, and, and, and for people that want to, like I said before, you want to poo-poo that, all oh, the schedule was easier in the second half. Coming into the year was the second hardest schedule in the NFL. The fact that it was harder at the beginning than it was the end, it is what it is. But the thing is that, one, the Steelers, they play who they're scheduled. And two, how many of those same people complain that the Steelers play down to their competition and they don't win games that they should win? The Steelers won all all the games against teams that had similar records to them. Every game after the bye with teams that had a similar record to them, meaning within within a game and a half of in, in the win column, the Steelers won. They won them all. The two games they lost were, were, were teams that had significantly more wins than them. And by the time the Steelers got to play the Ravens the second time when they were closer wins, then they beat them. So the, – that's just kind of a way to, to look at those things. Um, yeah, I also need to get on to, cause I almost forgot about it. Cause it's the last one. It's these, it's the zebra technology stat of the week, zebra technology stat of the week. I've only, it's crazy. I've only got one because you know, you, you, think that, you know, the Steelers win by 14 points that they would get more, um, Statistical wise, or more recognition, not. They, they they've got well. Technically, they've got two. So, so so here you go. The one they got here is George Pickens. There we have one, we have a George Pickens sighting. It says George Pickens will look to build on his strong rookie campaign and become the Steelers' true number one wide receiver next year. Pickens finished the year fourth in air yards per target of 14.8 yards, yet still hauled in 61.9% of his targets, 52 catches on 84 targets for 801 yards and four touchdowns. The other thing, um, because, well, technically, I guess there's three, because they said the following were the receptions over expected leaders for the 2022 season. George Pickens was fifth at plus 8.9. He came in behind Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, DK Metcalf, and Devonta Smith. So my goodness, that's some pretty good company there. And some some of the quick stats here was how many percent of the snaps were made by rookies on teams? Um, for the Steelers, they got they got in the top five for offense, meaning the the highest percentage of snaps played by rookies. The Steelers were fourth, with 17.3% of the snaps on offense were by rookies. Um and they were only behind the Chargers, the Titans, and the Seahawks were number one. So those are the Zebras technology stats for this week. Whoo, man, I've got lots of stuff to do because What I'm going to do now is what I normally do in the second half, and that is look at the Steelers' ranks. This is for the season now. I usually did it with their upcoming opponent. We're just looking at the Steelers. And I broke it into two. I broke it into all season and since the bye, which is their last nine games. So so I I broke it into two different things so we can compare it to. And also I wanted to look at how the Steelers – where they ranked overall com- for, for the whole, for the whole year, how it fell where they, their best rank for, for the season. Where did they peak with their best rank for these? So, so let's go ahead and do the offense. Overall yards, the Steelers finished 23rd in the NFL, 322.8 yards per game. That when, when you, when you look at it, you know, finishing 23rd, that's what they were the last three weeks of the season. And that's where they peaked for the year. And that's partially because of the last nine games, the Steelers had 344 yards of offense, and they were 16th in the NFL. So they they finished much stronger, and they were peaking at the end of the season. Getting with when it came to their rank, when you look at at, um, at sorry points points scored, the Steelers scored 18.1 points a game. That was 26th. In the NFL, that's um, the Steelers actually started off tied for 12th, then they went up to 19th, up to 23rd. By the Buffalo game, they were 30th. Um, and then they were just fighting in the thirties and fought their way back to where they were 26th to the 18.1. Um, but for the last n- nine games, the Steelers were 17th with 20.9. So they were, they were doing better, but you know, they had that there at the beginning when they, when they went, that's shocking that 26 points at the beginning of the year was 12th best in the NFL, but, uh, it is what it is. Um, and then it was all kind of all downhill from there. Until it's it was all downhill from there until they reached rock bottom, um, pretty much at the bye they were they were thirty second going into the Philadelphia game, um, um, but but then they were and they were thirty first at the bye, so that's where they hit rock bottom and then they started to get better. So let's look at the rushing yards. Here's what's crazy: the Steelers finished sixteenth, right in the middle for the NFL for the year, one hundred and twenty-two point two yards per game. That was their best of. Of, uh, of the year out outside of going into the Atlanta game, going into the Atlanta game, they were 16th. Uh, they, they, um, actually, no, I, I got to say that wrong. That was after the Atlanta game. I'm saying these going into, I looked at this wrong. It's after the Atlanta game. Then, you know, they, they they jumped back a little bit after they played Baltimore and got, and then were fighting their way back up to 16th. So they, they basically, the, the, the last, I don't know, five games or so was where they really, um, Made, made a difference with that um, when it when it came to the rushing. And they were eighth in the NFL over the last nine games, the 146.4 yards. Eighth best in the NFL. Now, when it came to passing yards, the Steelers finished 24th. That's right around where they hung all year. They peaked out at 23 two other times during the season. Uh, once after the Buffalo game and once... You know, during the bye week, they went up, even though they didn't play. And then again, after Cincinnati, but then they hung out around 24, 25, 23 all season with passing yards. And that's why they were also 23rd. Um on the last nine games with 197.6 yards. Those are just those are just some things to realize. That the, the passing game hung out around the same area. And what really got things going for the Steelers was the run game, and as we'll see, the defense. The Steelers got sacked 38 times on offense for the season. Uh 17 of those were in the last nine games. So that, that means 21 of them were in the first were were in the first eight. Uh the Steelers uh had nine or oh, sorry 19 turnovers on the season but only 5 over the last 9 games only 5 14 in the first 8 5 in the last 9 that's a big difference in everything the you had the offense, you were running the ball you were passing it about the same but you weren't turning it over all right now let's look at the defense here all right so total yardage for the defense we have 330.4 yards for the season that finished 13th um, in the NFL, uh, that's right around where they were hanging out most of the most of this. Oh, hold on, I'm looking at the wrong line. Looking at the wrong line. No, they were peaking. I was looking at where they were ranked in the AFC on offense. <laughs> Sorry, wrong column. Um, no, they were peaking. I mean, they started 28th, they dropped as low as 30th, and then just got better and better and better. They were 15th last week, all the way up to 13th this week, moved into the top half of the league. Um, Great job, and here's why: on the last over the last nine weeks of the season, the Pittsburgh Steelers had the number one defense in terms of yards, two hundred seventy-two point nine yards per game. They were the best over the second half of the season, and that's you you see the difference there. Um, When it comes to to points surrendered, the the Steelers finished 10th, they were once again, they were peaking. They started off pretty good, dropped down, you know, into the 20s, and then were working their way back up and got all the way to 10th, giving up 24, 20.4 points a game. Over the last half of the season, since the bye, the Steelers were only giving up 16.6 points per game. I mean, you take that one game of with Cincinnati out of there and it would have been way better. And that was fourth in the NFL. So so that's why the Steelers were creeping up there. Another once again, team on the rise. When it came to rush defense, this, this is where the Steelers finished in the top 10. They finished in the top 10. They finished ninth. So they finished in the top 10s in point surrendered. They finished ninth in rushing yards, surrendered 108.1. Um, that's actually down a couple spots from a few weeks ago. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about that. And over the last nine games... This was their worst ranking on defense. They were seventh, and they gave up 99.4 yards per game. So let's just do a quick aside. Why were they seventh in the NFL? Why were they down a little bit? When I say down, I mean down compared to themselves, compared to their their pass and everything else. Well, they played Baltimore twice. They were the second best rushing team in the league. They played Atlanta, who was third in the in the league in rushing for the year. They played Cleveland, who was sixth for in rushing for the year, and the Panthers, who were tenth in rushing for the year. And they held the Panthers to 21 rushing yards. Okay, held a team of 21 rushing yards, and that team came in in the top ten in rushing for the for the NFL. So. That's interesting to to realize. Now, of course, they also played the Raiders, who were 17th, who had the league's leading rusher. I didn't see how that finished up, but I didn't really care. Uh, They played the Colts, who were were 23rd, but also the Colts leading rusher who missed six games this season, didn't miss the game that they played the Steelers. They saw to stop in. They played uh, the Saints who were 19th in rushing. And remember, the Steelers held, held them to under 30 yards. And believe it or not, the Bengals were 29th in rushing in the NFL this year. So that actually wasn't holding the Bengals down, wasn't as nearly the accomplishment as it was with everything else. So that's the reason. It's part of the reason the Steelers weren't higher. that was because they were going up against some of the best rushing teams in the NFL. Um, now let's go ahead and look at the past defense. The Steelers finished 19th for the year at 222.3 yards per game. Um, let's see where, where that actually, that peaks them out for the season. They were, they never got below 20 all year. They were 21st last week and now they're 19th. So That was based on the Steelers being fourth in the NFL over the last nine games um, of 173.4 yards per game. So as you can see, they were a team on the rise. The Steelers ended up with 40 sacks this year. I know they, they lost their streak of 50. I didn't even think they were going to get 40, but they pulled in seven sacks. And 25 of those were over the last nine games. So um, so 15 the first twenty five 25 the last nine. And I think T.J. Watt might have had a little bit of something to do with that. Not merely his number of sacks, but how teams had to play the Steelers. The Steelers had 23 takeaways on the season and 13 of them were over the last half. Speaking of last half, we're going to get into the last half of this show. There was the first half In the second half. We're going to dive into some more specific numbers that are interesting for the Steelers. And I'm going to answer my first question of the off season um, because I had someone send one to me on Twitter and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more uh, as, as as we go. So stick around, we'll be right back. When
0: my phone rang, you found someone That's no surprise how life could be... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? <gasps> Ooh, a book club! <sighs> Computer solitaire,
0: huh? <sighs> ah.
2: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, we are back with the second half of Steelers Stat Geek. I have a question coming at me from Zach Farnsworth on Twitter. Now, before I get into the question, I gotta say this: I need you, I need you, Steelers Nation, I need you, Nerds of Steel. I haven't even been talking as much about Nerds of Steel, even though I use the hashtag every time I, I share the podcast. I need you now. It is the off season, and what do we do in the off season? I answer questions. I want to dig into stats that you want to know. Now, you might ask something that I can't figure out. You might ask something that would require me to go through hours of tape um, and things like that that I just can't do. But if I'm just, if I don't have to, if I don't have to chart the plays myself and there's a way to separate the data, I'll find it. Um it might take me longer and it might take me a while to answer your question because it might be one of those. I had some of those last year where I was asked a question and I just kept look, trying to look, get more data, get more data, um, more on the weekends and stuff. And it took it took me weeks until I finally answered the question. So I need you all. I need you to send me, you know, tweet at me, send me a direct message on Twitter. My Twitter handle is stlrsuperfandad if you would like to just email me the question, it's stlr, superfandad at gmail.com. You can go to um, any article that I write at BehindTheSteelGarden.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, and it will have my information in that article. So if you didn't get it here listening and you want it, just go there. You can find it. Look for for me. Google me. Yeah, I don't know if that. Be careful now. Now, if you Google David Schofield, you're probably going to come up with the with the esteemed British actor from the um, Pirates of the Caribbean franchise and from Last of the Mohicans and from Gladiator. Um, so. There's more than one David Schofield out there, but you can find me behind the still curtain. I need your questions. I w- I, don't, I can look up a bunch of stats, but if it's not what you all want to hear, it doesn't matter. I want to know what you all want to know, so I can I can figure it out. And this happens all the time with Jeff Hartman. He'll ask me a question, and I can't rest till I can find the answer. Sometimes I just have to go searching for the answers. So I need the questions in order to get the answers. All right, so I set that up. I'm looking for questions. First one comes from Zach Farnsworth. He says, at STLR Superfan Dad. Hey, what do you know? That's me. He says, hello, Oracle Dave. Do you know when the last time was that the Steelers held three picks within the top 50 picks of the draft? Hopefully some much needed help on the way. Now, I don't know how it's much needed help. I think the Steelers are in a good spot. Of course, they're going to lose some free agents. And my thing is... There's a lot of places where the Steelers could be fine where they are, but an upgrade would be nice. I know some people you know, were like, oh, the left tackle position is terrible. It's not terrible. It's not great. Therefore, an upgrade would be good. If Dan Moore Jr. is a swing tackle and not a starter, or he has to start whenever somebody else... Is you know, because someone else there's an injury or something, that's a great place for a player like that. Or if they have someone else and Dan Moore Jr. keeps getting better and better and better, that's good too. In other words, upgrades aren't bad. And sometimes upgrades can even be a player making a big step. All right. Whether or not that's the player that's there. I don't know. So let's get to the question. Wanted to know the last time the Pittsburgh Steelers drafted three times in the top 50. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm stopping at the merger in 1970. Why am I stopping in the merger in 1970? Very simple. There wasn't as many teams. They hadn't merged together yet. So, Obviously, there's not as many picks in the first round, and that's why you would have more picks in the top 50. So let's look at it. We're going to go through, because there are times when the Steelers don't even have two picks in the top 50. Actually, you'll find that that happened a lot. Steelers only had one pick in the top 50 in 2022. Steelers only had one pick in the top 50 in 2021. Steelers only had one pick in the top 50 in 2020, and it was pick 49. Right now, the Steelers are scheduled to have, I do believe, pick 17, 32, and 48. So my goodness, the Steelers traded away Chase Claypool, and this year they have three picks higher than what they drafted, Chase Claypool. Now, if you're wondering, if you're wondering about well, the Chase Claypool thing, that's the pick 32. Because the Bears have the first overall pick in the first round. It's the first pick of the second round. There, there's going to be a pick forfeited in there from the Dolphins. I don't know what number it would be would have been because they're still alive in the postseason. Although I don't know how uh that's going to just be that that, that game's going to be a blowout. I'm I'm calling that one right now. All right, let's keep going. 2019, one player in the top 50, Devin Bush at 10. Okay. 2018, one player. 2017, one. One player, because Juju Smith was picked, Smith-Schuster was, was picked 62, okay? 2016, one. 2015, one. 2014, as things jump around on me here, they had two. And think and look at what they did with two picks in the top 50. Ryan Shazier, Stephon Tuitts. That's the last time the Steelers had two picks in the top 50, and they turned out pretty good. 2013, they did as well. That was Jarvis Jones and Le'Veon Bell. Um, 2012. One. 2011, one. 2010, one. <laughs> 2009, one. I think you're seeing a trend. 2008, one. 2007, two. That was Coach Tomlin's first year in there. That's when he got Timmons and Woodley. All right. 2016, one. Or 16, sorry. 2006. <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even read my own writing. Okay. 2005, one. 2004-2, two. the Steelers got Ben Roethlisberger and Ricardo Coakley. That was not the pick that I think they really wanted. It was the second one. But the first one was so good that that one didn't matter. 2003-1, um, just Troy Palomalo. Uh 2002-1, 2 in 2001 with Casey Hampton and Kendrell Bell. The Steelers traded back in round one with Casey Hampton in order to trade up in round two. It was a pretty pretty nice move. They had two in 2000, Plex Burris and Marvell Smith. Only one in ninety-nine, uh, two in ninety-eight. That was fan, That was, and that one of them was um Alan Fanica. Um, one in ninety-seven, one in ninety-six. I'm just going back to all of them. One in ninety-five, two in ninety-four, um, two in ninety-three, two in ninety-two, two in ninety-one two in 90, two, oh, 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 sorry, I must messed it up because this is the year, three in 1989. That's the last time the Pittsburgh Steelers had three picks in the top 50. They had pick seven, which was Tim Worley. They had pick 24, which was Tom Ricketts. And they had pick 34, which was Carnell Lake. That was the last time the Steelers had – had three picks in the top fifty, but if you want to, we can keep going. Ninety-eight, there was two. Ninety-seven, there was two. Of course, you're getting back to less teams in the NFL was part was part of it. There, um, eight, did I say nineties? I would say these are eighties. Sorry, eighty-seven, there was there was two. Eighty-six, there was two. Eighty-five, there was two. Eighty-four, there was one. Louis Lewis Lips was the only one. Um, Eighty-three, there was just one um 82 there was there was two 81 there was two uh 88 sorry 80 there was two and 79 there was one 78 there was two I'm trying to get back because there's another one coming 77 there was two 76 there was three the Steelers got Benny Cunningham at 28 Ray Penny at 37 I might even sp- said the name wrong and I, I always mess up this name Mike Krischek, the quarterback, at 47. That is the only other time the Pittsburgh Steelers had three picks in the top 50. I'm going to stop there because, well, why not? I'm so close. 75, they had one. 74, they had two. And they were both Hall of Famers <laughs> because we know about that draft. 73, they had two as well, but that was pick 24 and pick 50. Um, 72, they had they had two. And in 71, they had two. And in 70, when they had the first overall, they had two. Because Mel Blunt, as their third pick, was pick 53. So he came outside of the top 50. Woo, there was that. All right, I've got some other numbers for you. So like I said, I'm wanting questions. Please give them to you. I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of some numbers for the season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of these I broke into the full season season the first eight games, you know, pre-buy the first eight games and post-buy, which is the last nine games. All right. So how the Steelers do in the, in the takeaway, not just in the takeaway turnover department, how they do in the turnover margin. Okay. When the Steelers were on the plus side of the turnover margin, they were seven and one. When they were even, they were two and one. And when they were and when they didn't win the turnover battle, they were 0-6. That's what they were for the season. But over the last nine games, you can see how this turned out. The Steelers were 6-1 and when they when they won the turnover battle. The only game they lost all season where they won the turnover battle was against Cincinnati. That's the only game all season when the Steelers were even, in the, second half, in the second half of the season, they were one and0, and when they lost the turnover battle, whenever um, that was against Baltimore, they were 0 and one.? How about when the Steelers outrushed their opponents? When the Steelers outrushed their opponents for the season, they were eight and three. and when they didn't, they were one and five. In the first eight games when the Steelers outrushed their opponents, they were one and two. When they were outrushed by their opponents, they were one and four. But in the last nine games, the Steelers were seven and one outrushing their opponents and the Steelers were zero and one when they got outrushed. That's just that that's that's what they were. Um, and that's and that one uh, that one loss that they had in the second half where they outrushed their opponent. Once again, that was Cincinnati. How about the Steelers third down conversions hitting 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 the 50 percent threshold? That was Jeff Hartman's, you know, lofty expectation. I'm not lofty. I like that he says that 50% is good because it is, and the Steelers did it a lot. But you just have to identify and realize how good it is. Only one team finished with a 50% conversion rate on third down for the NFL season, for the season. And that was, and that was the Buffalo Bills. That was it. So when you look at that, saying you want fifty, that's that's not just that's that's not just being above average. That's being really stinking good. So I I get that. That's what Jeff does. You just have to understand how good that is. When the Steelers, how many games they had? Um, of what am I saying? A third down conversion of fifty percent or more. They did that nine times. Nine times in two thousand twenty-two. I and mean, during the 2022 season, they were six and three in those games. They were three and five when they didn't reach it. All right. Um, and over the first eight games, they only did it twice and they were 0 and 2 in those games. Okay. And when they didn't do it, they were 2 and 4. And they did it seven times. Over the last nine games, the Steelers had a 50% conversion rate or more. They were 6-1 in those games, and when they didn't, they were 1-1. One one. Uh, for this season, the Steelers had a third-down conversion rate of 44.9%. That was seventh in the NFL. And over the last nine games, the second half of the season, their conversion rate was 53 4.3%, which was first in the NFL. The Steelers just got so much better in third down um, late in the season because they left themselves in a better place. Okay, When you look at just the number of first downs that the Steelers had for the season, this just tells you a little bit more of how it was in the first half versus the second half. The Steelers finished with 345 first downs in the season. Remember, a touchdown also counts as a first down. Um, and they were 15th in the NFL. But over the first eight games, they had 147 first downs, which was 23rd. But the last nine, they had 198, which was 7th. So that just goes to show you they were moving the ball so much better in the second half. Um, How about yards per punt? All right. Uh, This was something, it was pretty much close to the same the whole season where the, the seals were 26th, which was 44.5 yards per punt. The first eight games, they were 44.5 yards per punt. They were 27th. The last eight, they were 44.6 yards per punt, which was 22nd. That all seems pretty close, yeah. But if you look at it, Presley Harvin finished strong when it was cold. Um, that didn't affect him. He finished the last three games with a 47.9-yard Per punt average, which was sixth in the NFL, he was on the rise there at the end. Penalties by the Um, Steelers—they finished eighteenth in the NFL in penalties. Uh, That means seventeen teams had less penalties than they did. They had ninety-four penalties on the year. These are accepted penalties. They had fifty-one of them in the first eight games. That was twenty-second in the NFL, and they had forty-three in the last nine games. That was thirteenth. So as you can see, there was an improvement in the penalties um, in the second half of the year. That helps. I looked at play-action passes. I didn't break this down because it was pretty much the same, um, whether it was the beginning or end of the year, and, and that doesn't really tell you much. This was more about offensive philosophy. The Steelers were 28 in the NFL with the number of play-action passes they ran. They only ran 93. This is according to Pro Football Reference because that's where all this data is from. Okay, uh, let's do one last thing after that. Let's do let's do some – we'll finish up with some rushing because just kind of want to see how, how things were um, – with with the rushing. Yards before contact, the Steelers were 20th in the NFL um, with 2.7 yards before contact. They actually did better in the first half of the season. They had 2.8 yards before contact, which was 16th. And not as good in the second half because they were 21st or with 2.6. Um, but that, that's not a big variance when you look at it across the board. But if you look at yards after contact, that's a little bit different story. The Steelers had 1.5 yards after contact on rushing attempts. That was 26th for the year. The first eight games, they had 1.2. They were 31st in the NFL with yards after contact. But over the second half of the season, the last nine games, they had 1.7 yards, which was 13th in the NFL. So the Steelers in the rushing game, they got better at at not going down at first contact or in other words as we could see falling forward they did so much better at that in the second half of the season but uh here's another one that I find is real interesting according to pro football reference broken tackles the Steelers tied for ninth in the NFL with 28 broken tackles but they only had eight in the first eight games one per game in the first eight games that was tied for 20 seconds. And they had 20 over the last nine games, which was tied for second most. One team had 21. I don't even remember what team it was. And two teams had 20. So they were breaking tackles as well there was just an overall change in mindset of the run game and last but not least from rushing yards per attempt for the season the Steelers finished 25th they had 4.2 the first eight games, they were 26 with 4.0. It wasn't like they were made a big jump in the second half. They were 4.3, which was 21st. The Steelers weren't rushing the y- r- getting a lot of yards per rush because what really ups that is busting really long runs. The Steelers weren't busting, you know, 40 yard runs here and there, you know, where the Steelers could get 140 yard rushing on, you know, let's say 16 attempts. That's not what they did. They stayed with it. They grinded it out. They're getting four or five or six yards per carry and stayed with it. And that's what they did to have more success in the second half of the season. We're going to break down a lot of stuff from 2022. We'll even look at stuff historically. I'll take any questions that you can you can ask for me. I'm really looking forward to those. But, hey, make sure you're checking out our podcast. Things are staying mostly the same. Of course, my last-minute thoughts are gone. Our Mike Tomlin press conference recaps are gone because there are no press conferences to recap. Um the post-game show was not there, but I think we're going to be bringing back the q and A. I don't know how soon that's going to happen. Um, I, uh, the We Run the North show might be transitioning back to YouTube. That's where they were in the off-season last year. But if you're listening in audio, you're going to get it no matter what. Uh, but other than that, we're going to be bringing the same content. Lots of great breakdown at com. That's just what we continue to do. Um, so if, if you're not there checking us out, make sure you do that. So. My goodness, it was, it was a crazy season. Um, when I was saying the Steelers were out of playoff contention when they didn't beat the Ravens the first time, I'm like, that's just not who they are if they can't find a way to win that game. I, st- I didn't expect them to win the last four games. I'm like, they could go three and one in the last quarter of the season, and if they would have won that first Ravens game, they gave themselves a chance. But, well, they still had a chance, but that's because they, they swapped it on me. They lost the Ravens at home and beat them on the road. Which I kind, which I kind of thought would be backwards, and what's sad is it could have been both times. But bottom line is the Steelers go out, you know, as a team on the rise. So. It's disappointing to not make the postseason. It's disappointing that you don't have a chance to get that playoff win. But with if you're a team on the rise, the key is you've got to rise through the off season and keep rising when this next season starts. You can't take a big step back and have to rise from there. You've got to you've got to basically come in next year where you ended, ended this one. Use that as your starting point. Um, it's going to be a long off season, but it's going to be a fun one. We'll have a lot of stuff going on. You know, we're in the mock draft season. We'll finally get into free agency in March. There's still playoff football. I'll watch every one of them. I will, because I I will take in every football game that I can get from this point on, because we'll have so much time that we don't have football. So even though it's not the Steelers, so it's not the same, I'll still watch them all just because I love football. And hopefully you love football and of course you've got to love the Pittsburgh Steelers if you're actually taking your time to listen to me. So thank you for joining me. Send me any of those questions. And as I always say to finish those finish it out to for my nerds of steel, thanks for geeking out. With me.